Let's give the Lord an ovation of praise. Can we do that right now in Jesus' name? Hallelujah. Praise the name of Jesus. Praise the name of Jesus. Great once again to be the house of the Lord on this Wednesday night. And had a tremendous time this week worshiping with you and allowing the Lord to do a ministry among us. Always, always love being in God's presence. Always love being a part of the things that Jesus does and and I, I just want to take a moment and thank, thank you all. You've been so kind to me uh, this entire week. And church has put me up in a nice hotel, fed me nice meals. And uh, I found out just how good of meals I'm eating now that I'm being an evangelist again. And when you preach, something about preaching makes you hungry. They say preaching a 30, 45-minute sermon is similar to working a full work day. I've worked a full work day. I don't know if it's quite the same. All I know is preaching a half hour to an hour, you're hungry, and then you're eating it. You, that hungry is one stage past hungry. And uh, I found out today just how good I've been eating. I needed a navy blue pair of slacks, so I slipped over to TJ Maxx and Coles, and I was going to find me a pair of navy slacks. And, I knew I'd been eating a little bit extra, so I got the size up from where I normally get, and none of them fit. I don't know if I've stretched all the ones out I got right now. I'm about to have a come to Jesus meeting. We're going to be exercising. Something going on. Hey, man, I walked out, and I told that lady I had all three of them that I brought in. And I said, hang, we got to hang them all back up. I said, these numbers don't lie, but something ain't right. But I want to thank you for every meal and Brother Terry let me use his awesome truck, man. I managed to get all the mud washed off of it today right before church. Amen. If you have three or four guys come up to you shaking their finger at you, I got in races all over town. Just kidding, man, but thanks for letting me borrow your vehicle. And then I also want to take a moment and say to this church, I mentioned to your pastor at lunch today, I want to thank you all for being so sensitive to the Holy Ghost. I felt so much peace and comfort from our first service here. And then throughout this week, I felt the, if I can just say it this way, that the peace to be me and the Holy Ghost and to follow the Holy Ghost. Last night I talked for almost an hour and the night before I don't think I raised my voice and and I'll preach. I'll, I'll, I'll get down and preach loud as I can when I feel that. But sometimes I feel to slow it down. And I didn't feel pressure from anybody. Like, well, you're supposed to be. No, I, I felt y'all were just locked in. And I, I, I complimented your pastor. I said, to me, that's a sign of maturity. That the Lord can come in whatever channel or angle he feels is right. And that I give honor to you for that. Amen. I give honor to you for that. And 
I also want to say one more thing. I might be 50 on Friday. I think I've said that every service. But I've got an 11-year-old, a 10-year-old, and a 2-year-old. Started late, got married a little later than most people, and had two kids pretty quick. Thought we were done, and then the wife, he wanted one more, and God gave us our little boy. And uh, so thankful. But I also want to com- com- compliment this church for being a church that that is ministering to all ages. I see excitement on the faces when they say there's kids' church, and and then people helping with the nursery and all of that. Thank you for ministering to all ages, including the children, and making them a part of Apostolic Church. Mark chapter six. I'll do my best to not be an hour tonight. But boy, the Holy Ghost was in this house last night. A little more teachy preaching. You know what they say about Pentecostal teaching and preaching? The only difference is about five miles an hour. A few decibels. Mark chapter 6, verse 45. Straightway. Jesus constrained his disciples to get into the ship and to go to the other side before Bethsaida while he sent away the people. When he had sent them away, he departed into a mountain to pray. When even was come, the ship was in the midst of the sea and Jesus alone on the land. And he saw them toiling and rowing. The Bible doesn't tell us if he saw them naturally, if it was that close where where he was praying on the mountain he could see them, or was it in the spirit realm because he was in prayer? We don't know. We just know that he saw them toiling in rowing. For the wind was contrary unto them. About the fourth watch of the night, he cometh unto them walking upon the sea. And all that we've read so far makes sense to me. Jesus asked them to get in a ship. They obeyed. They're trying to get to the other side. He's praying. He sees them. He sees that they're going through some struggles. He comes to them, walking on the sea. That's supernatural, but with Jesus, it's still, I can grasp all of that. The next statement, I didn't get for a long time. Because it says, and would have passed by them. When they saw him walking upon the sea, they supposed it had been a spirit and cried out. They all saw him. And I'm glad stuff like that's in the Bible because it lets me know I'm normal. Because if I'm out in a boat in the middle of the dark night and I'm struggling and something come walking on the water, I'm probably going to get a little weirded out myself. I'm glad the disciples are like us, you know. They all saw him and were troubled, but immediately he talked with them and said unto them, Be of good cheer, it is I. And they recognized that voice. Be not afraid. And he went up unto them into the ship. The wind ceased. They were amazed in themselves beyond measure and wondered. Our message tonight, will come from this story and will come specifically from verse 48 where it says, and he would have passed by them. I want to minister on the subject, Jesus 
do not pass me by. Would you say that with me? Jesus, do not pass me by. Lord, I'm asking you to anoint me, anoint my mind, my heart, my words. Lord, in Jesus' name, let tonight be a word from the throne room for somebody. Let it be a move of God in this house for somebody. Let it be a breakthrough night for somebody in this house in Jesus' name. I pray anointing on me as a man of God. And I pray the anointing on this congregation to receive the word and the works of the Holy Ghost from the front row to the back. Let them be just as anointed as the preacher ever will be. Let somebody be anointed to receive. Somebody anointed to be a key to break through for their section. Somebody be anointed to break through in Jesus' name for their family. And God bless you. May be seated. And while you're sitting down, let's give Jesus one more round of worship praise. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Man, this this phrase bothered me several years ago in my daily Bible reading and study of the Word of God. And I don't know if you do, but sometimes I just simply have a conversations with the Lord. And I, I, I remember just, just kind of saying out loud, that just doesn't make sense. Why? Why would Jesus go to his disciples and then when he gets there, his GPS just get all messed up? Anybody in the room ever had a GPS that gets a little messed up? They're great when they work right, but man, somehow they can get they can get a little frazzled sometimes. And all of a sudden you're sitting in a parking lot, doesn't look anywhere where you're trying to go. You know, Jesus, did your GPS say you said a half, you had another half mile to go before you caught him? I don't believe so. I don't think so at all. And so I just in my own way began to seek the Lord and say, Lord, why would you get to that moment in time? And then the Bible say you would have passed by them. Why? And the answer that I received from me and the next preacher that comes through might have another answer. But the answer that I got, direction that I got from the Lord, works for me, and it's what I will minister to tonight. I want to show you something that I believe is a strong parallel in this story. The Bible says Jesus constrained. That that means he strongly, strongly emphasized to his disciples. He strongly directed them to, to get into the ship and to go over into the other Side, But Jesus said, I'm going to be on this mountain praying to me. That is a great, great and beautiful picture of the church in these last days. Jesus has called us to get into the ship of Zion, it's called. Amen. To get into the church. Jesus has said, I'm, I, I'm asking you, get in this thing. It's, it's Noah's Ark of the New Testament. Get into the ark. Get into the ark of safety and go over to the other side called eternity. And I thank God for the gospel. And I thank God, amen, for the ship of the church. And I thank God for the privilege of getting in the church and going to the other side. And even though we have God's spirit, 
I like to say it like this, the Lord is still headquartered in heaven right now, wherever that may be, and his spirit comes to us and fills us and leads us, but heaven's going to be awesome because we're going to be in his headquarters, amen, where he's built a mansion for us. But right now, it's as if Jesus is on the mountain praying and he sends his spirit to lead and guide us, but but in this place, amen, the Lord is in his headquarters and, and his disciples are going across the ship, and in our day, the Lord's in his headquarters and the church is navigating these waters of 2015 trying to make it to eternity and the bible said he he saw them while he was praying he saw them toiling in rowing he saw that the wind was contrary unto them and in the dark of the night he decides to come unto them i believe that's a great picture of where we're at right now. I I believe nothing that's happening in 2015 is surprising our Lord and our Savior. I I don't believe anything the terrorists, and they ratchet it up every few months. It goes to another level that you can't comprehend. And immorality immorality goes to another level. And it just something's happening all over the world, and something's happening close to home that reminds us every day it's the last days. And, and, And if you just read the news and you got a little sense about what's going on in the Bible, in the news, and you've got to understand, you don't have to have a strong imagination to realize the church is going to be under greater attack as we get closer to the coming of the Lord. The, the winds and the waves of this world is contrary to where we're trying to go, and I believe in that atmosphere, Jesus sees the church, and I, I believe in prayer from headquarters. He says, I've got an anointing for these last days. I've got great blessing that I'm going to pour on them. I've got spirit that's going to lead and guide them. I've got strength that's going to cover them. I'm going to give them anointing for these last days. I don't believe the Bible would have said that he saw them uh, toiling and rowing and the wind contrary. I don't think it, it would have said that if that wasn't the reason Jesus was making a special trip. This, this is a tough night for my guy. I'm going to go down there and give them a blessing. I'm going to go down there and comfort them. I'm going to go down there and show them I'm bigger than any wind. I'm bigger than any storm. I'm bigger than any opposition. I believe he sees his church in 2015 coming to bring us anointing. I believe he sees services just as this. And his attention is drawn. We've preached about it already. Amen. And so, so the Bible says when he got there, he would have passed by them. Now, if we're making a parallel, I don't want Jesus to see the church in this hour, see ministry and see sweet people that's living for God, young adults serving the Lord Jesus Christ and families serving the Lord Jesus Christ and churches doing everything they can to serve the Lord Jesus Christ and say, I'm leaving my throne room, I'm leaving my headquarters and I'm going down there in my spirit and I'm going to bring a special anointing of Holy Ghost and I'm going to empower and I'm going to enlighten and I'm going to break chains and I'm going to bring revival and all those things. I don't want Jesus to have left headquarters coming down here bringing a blessing to Sanctuary Church for this age or bringing a blessing to the church in general and then get down here close to the church and go home. He left heaven intentionally. He left the mountain intentionally. The Bible didn't speak. I mean, it it was very clear. He cometh unto them. He wasn't going to the bank. He wasn't going to the other side. He wasn't going on a fishing trip. He was coming unto them. 
But when he got there, right? This just this is just a little sideshow. This is just all Britain needs to pray through, maybe, or just grow up. But man, if I could walk on water, I I would. Man, would that be cool? I've just imagined before, like a strip where, like the New Orleans Pontchartrain Causeway is like 24 miles long, and people all from they call it the North Shore drive to work over there in New Orleans, and it's it's you know 20 minute drive. I would love on a foggy morning just to be out there, just taking a walk. How y'all doing? I'll get anointed back in a minute, but that, that's just my brain. But Jesus comes walking and then gets there. And the Bible says he, he, he would have passed by them in these last days. In this last day, I don't want Jesus to be desiring to bring anything to the church, to our lives. And then get here and keep on walking. I just simply asked him why. And I'll show you more scriptures in a moment. And I do not pass me by attitude, but I'll go ahead and give you the basis of the message tonight. The answer that I got for me is Jesus loves to be loved. Jesus loves to be needed. And Jesus loves to be wanted. And Jesus desires to be desired. And he desires to be pursued. Would you imagine with me? And again, it's just just me. But it's what I felt the Lord impress on me. That something would come on even Jesus Christ when he's almost to that boat saying, I wonder if they want this anointing as much as I want to give it to them. I wonder if they're desiring to receive intimate relationship and communion with me as much as I am desiring to step on that boat and let my children know I'm with them. I'm wondering if they felt about me when I was on that mountain praying and I was overlooking them and I'm like, that's my children. That's my apostles. That's my disciples. That's the ones who's left everything to come follow me. I've got to get down there and give them some special anointing and I want to spend some time with them and I'm going to show them I'm greater than any wind of opposition and storm. Amen. But I I just feel when Jesus got kind of close there, something came over him that said, I wonder if they're wanting me to get in the boat as bad as I'm wanting to get in the boat. I'm wondering if they're wanting this anointing. Do they sit, are they in the boat saying, man, that's my Jesus that we're we're walking with. That was some great teaching Jesus did today. Did y'all see the miracles Jesus did today? Amen. You can imagine how you want to, but this is how it came to me that Jesus said you know what I'm going to do I'm just going to keep on walking for just a little bit I'm just going to just going to take a few steps and see what happens and at first it says they were kind of afraid amen but then when he spoke amen they began to recognize that voice the Bible doesn't give us all the details but in my mind I hear them saying Jesus oh if that's you come on get in the ship with us Jesus come on in the boat with us Jesus Amen. That's you, Jesus. Thanks for coming to us in this hour. Thanks for coming to us in this moment. Thanks for coming to us in this day. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jesus. Jesus, do not pass me by. I'll give you another biblical illustration of the same concept. 
And Jesus is the one who does it again. It's just, it's just in here. You can't take it out of here. And it's written for a reason. In Luke chapter 24, Jesus is now resurrected. He's been crucified, been in the grave. Now he's resurrected. And the disciples are all finding out kind of intermittently. They're making their own discovery. Obviously, they didn't have iPhones back in the day or everybody would have known in about two minutes. Angel would have made one tweet and it would have been over. But intermittently, they're letting everybody know Jesus is showing up. He's connecting. And the, and, and the Bible tells us in Luke 24, is, is, it's called the road to Emmaus story. You've probably heard it. or sure. Two brothers, two, two of the believers in, in verse 13, they're going to a village called Emmaus. Then in verse 15, came to pass that while they communed together, and reasoned, and you read the story, they're talking about the things that had happened, what verse 14 says. They're, they're just talking about everything. And Jesus draws near and went with them. Jesus just kind of, again, stuff I would do if I could. He's in his glorified body. Next verse tells us their eyes were beholding. Were holding. They didn't realize it was Jesus. Jesus was just kind of, you know, I'm, I'm just going to want to walk along and see what they're talking about. Going to keep it kind of fuzzy where they don't realize it's me for a minute. They're talking about this resurrection. They're talking about Jesus and all this. And so Jesus walks with them. The Bible just gives the impression that he just walked. And boy, you just got to kind of imagine the circumstance. He could ask some loaded questions. You, can you imagine? They don't know it's him. That'd be kind of fun. I mean, you can even look through. It's like Jesus kind of baiting them. In verse 17, he said, what's all this y'all are talking about? Why are y'all so sad? We're sad because you're dead. So they're talking. Then they answer back, are you a stranger? What, you, you hadn't heard what's going on? And then Jesus says, well, what things? I mean, he's just kind of setting them up. Why would Jesus even do that? Story's not finished. You maybe think he just enjoyed hearing how much they loved him. You think he just enjoyed hearing a little bit they were talking about his story. I mean, it's Bible, folks, right? I mean, Jesus knew all this stuff. Hey, why are y'all so sad? Well, we following Jesus, and he's gone. He died. What things? Tell us. And, and then they're, they're, they're just walking along, talking. But notice what happens. If you follow the story all the way through to verse 28. When they're getting close to the village where they were going. Look what the Bible says. He, he made as if. Anybody in the room ever when you were kids or you can remember far enough back or if you can't, you, you got grandkids. A little game called Play Like. I know we got iPhones and iPads and all this, but but kids, you play a game called Play Like. You play like you're, you play like you're, and and they it, it play like. That's what I get the impression when it said he made as though he played like. He acted as if. 
Am I reading the scripture right? He, he, they turning to go to their village. Well, man, sir, it's nice talking to you. That was a good conversation. Instead of turning and saying, well, man, you think there's a place I could stay? He made as if he would go further. The next verse says, but they constrained him. They didn't know it was Jesus yet. This is going to be the story that in a few verses is that when, when all of a sudden Jesus just kind of fades back out and disappears after he reveals to them what's going on. And did not our hearts burn within us? Ooh, we, I knew we felt something. But look what they said. They constrained him. Again, I just see Jesus taking those extra steps. So saying, even though I made it fuzzy, did they feel something? On that roadway, did they sense something while I was in their presence? Did, did they feel the peace and the anointing and the excitement? They constrained him and said, oh, no, you must stay with us. I'm reminded of the old song that, that one of these stories must be, or both of them, maybe the basis for a writer to say, pass me not, O gentle Savior, hear my Humble cry, while on others thou art calling, do not pass me by. My girls on their little iPods have a much more hip-hop, jumpy version of that because I don't know who did it or whatever. And, and it's, 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 a, it's, a, it's a strong version of pass me not, O gentle Savior. While on others thou art calling. But it's the same message. Do not pass me by. I've got a song on my prayer list right now. A lot of them are slow speed. A lot of them are medium speed. But on my iPod, on my phone, I, I'll turn it on every day this week. Got 20 or 30 songs I just like to have. And one, of them, one of them's, two or three of them might be kind of fast. But, but one of them says, presence of the Lord is here. And somewhere in there it starts saying, feel it in the atmosphere. And I'm going to get my blessing right now. Am I thinking of the same thing? Is it there? And, and folks, I, I have, just, just call it me if you want to, but I have a theory. I understand unselfishness and I try to live that way even with the anointing. And there's times I'll need things for me, but I feel the Lord direct me. You pray for others and I'll take care of you. I understand that. Amen. I understand that. But I also have a belief that there's something God put in us that it's not selfish when we say, I'm going to get a breakthrough. I'm going to get a blessing. I'm going to get something from God. I'm going to get something from the throne room. If Jesus is in this building, I'm going to get something from God. If Jesus is pouring out Holy Ghost tonight, I'm going to get something from God. If he's pouring out a blessing and I'm going to get my blessing, I hope somebody in this house has an attitude. Somebody has a, a desire in your heart. Jesus, if you're passing by this service with a word, I'm going to get a word. If you're passing by this service with an output, outbreak of the Holy Ghost, outpouring of the Holy Ghost, I'm going to get it. I may have had the Holy Ghost for 30 years, but if you're passing by, Jesus, I constrain you. Jesus, I constrain you. Come in my life. Come in my heart. Come in my family. Come in our home tonight. I want an outpouring of the Holy Ghost. We pray for our lives. We pray for this church.
Jesus, you can't just go on a walk tonight. You left heaven with a blessing. You left heaven with anointing. Jesus, I want you as bad as you want to bless me. I want to receive it. As much as you left that shore wanting to come to us, Jesus, I want you to know we're thankful. We love you. We desire you. I don't, I don't think it's bad. When I was called to preach early in those years, my late teens, 19, and then in my 20, 21 age stage, I, it was just me. But I made a commitment that I was going to go to the prayer room and I didn't like to leave the prayer room until I heard the first song start. And I still kind of keep that deal because I just don't like to talk about everything in the world while I'm trying to keep my mind locked in on church. So I, I'd stay in the prayer room until I heard that first song. Sometimes I'd be a minute or two late to the start of church. And I'd come in, just be ready. There was one other man that liked to stay in that prayer room. Boy, some funny stuff happens in the prayer room. I didn't know it till then, but boy, I learned it then. His mind had been kind of messed up on drugs. He said he had really messed himself up pretty bad, but boy, he was serving Jesus with all of his heart. I don't know if it was his mind on drugs or if he just was creative all the time, but the fella had some interesting prayers, and he liked to stay to the last one, so me and him had a competition. Who'd be last? I remember one time he got on this military thing. I guess the Lord was his commander-in-chief because he walked in that whole prayer room. I salute you, sir, waiting on orders, sir. <laughs> that was an awesome prayer meeting, man. It was so cool. <laughs> I think one of my favorite ones is he was crying. I mean, tears dripping on that chair. Just me and him left in there. And it's, it's just tears dripping on that chair. He's just crying to Jesus, Jesus. He said, Jesus, I just, we just need help. We need help. I guess he just decided it needed to be emphasized a little bit more. He said, that's H-E-L-P, help. I'm like, no, no, no. That's for, for real stuff. You didn't know you had fun in a prayer room, did you? But I told the Lord, y'all might think it's a little bit silly, but, but it's just the way 20-year-old hungry for God was wording things. But I, I'd say, Jesus, we're about to go out there and have church. And if you're pouring out 10 anointings or 10 blessings tonight, I'm getting one of them. And I pray for those other nine people. Jesus, if you're pouring out five, I'm getting one of them, and I pray for those other four. Jesus, if you're pouring out three, I'm getting one of them, and I pray for those other two. And Jesus, if you're only pouring out one, it's mine, and I feel sorry for all those other people. <laughs> A little bit humorous, but that's how I felt. If Jesus is coming close, if Jesus is going to be in the house, if Jesus is going to be moving, now, the good thing about Jesus, he can give a whole lot more than one anointing or one blessing. But there was a heart that said, Jesus, if you're coming by, then I want you to know. I want you. I desire you. I need you. Another story just a couple, and I want you to see, to me, it, it, it exemplifies do not pass me by attitude so much. But in Mark chapter 5, verse 25, it's the story we referenced this entire story in most, 
ministry and churches would call it the woman with the issue of blood, King James language. Mark 5, 25, let's just visit it for a moment. Certain woman, issue of blood, sick for 12 years, suffered many things, spent all of her money, was nothing better, rather grew worse. When she had heard of Jesus, she came in the press behind and touched his garment. And when I see that word press used like that, I, I've been in a few crowded situations, and to me it's, it's a packed crowd. And the Bible says she came and touched his garment. For something in her mind and her thoughts said, if I may but touch his clothes... I shall be whole. Straightway, fountain of her blood was dried up. She felt in her body that she was healed of that plague. So somebody say she's healed. And Jesus, immediately, knowing in himself that virtue had gone out of him, turned him about in the press or in that crowded group of people and said, who touched my clothes? Now, understand with me, and we're going to go back and walk through this. She's already healed. Now, I'm sure as God manifests in the flesh, Jesus knew who just got healed. He could have known. Maybe in his natural self that day, he didn't. Just consider that. Because he said, who touched my clothes? The disciples all around. Lord, you see the multitude thronging you. In other words, it's a close crowd. And you're wondering who touched you? And then Jesus looked around to see her that had done this thing. She was fearing, trembling. She knew what was done. And she fell down and told him the truth. And he said, go, daughter, thy faith hath made thee whole. Go in peace. Be whole of thy plague. So she has heard Jesus has miracle power. Something came on her that day that said, Jesus is close. And I am not going to let him pass me by. I'm not going to be too much longer. But I'm not going to let Jesus pass me by without making contact with him. As opposed to the idea of, well, if he's God, he'll call me out. If he wants to do something, he'll find a way. She said, he's coming close, and I am going to do what it takes. I like, I like to imagine she's sick. She may not have full strength. The Bible says she spent all of her money. I'm glad that verse is in there because I have that same experience sometimes. I'm broke. I'm still trying to figure out what's going on. The doctor's rich. Thank the Lord for doctors. Great experiences. But here she is. I don't know what what all measures she resorted to. I mean, have you ever tried to make your way through a crowd? I do. The, 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 the closest crowds that I come to this is, is they had me to be altar coordinator at Louisiana Senior High Camp. 900 young people, and when they get to pray and they pack up in there, and you're supposed to try to move around and pray for people. I, I literally had a spot this year, just a few weeks ago, where I had to sit on an altar because young people was by the tens and twenties, all right, and I had to just wait till I finally found a gap that I could get out. 
I prayed for everybody in that circle. I, I understand that. And, and, and sometimes you'll do stuff like, like I'll pray and push and create a gap. In the name of Jesus, bless Brother Kenneth. And then I'm on the other side. You know, you kind of suggestively guide somebody, like lift your hands like you're praying, you know, and would you pray? Hallelujah, in the name of Jesus, bless you, sir. And I just kind of ease him a foot or two forward. Next thing you know, I'm here. And I don't know if that lady resorted to stuff like that. I don't know if she did that old trick, like somebody wants you, I got your spot. Whatever she did, it was a crowd of healthy adults, people around Jesus, to be called a press. Maybe not, but in my mind, she's crawling by the time she gets there because she touched the hem. Doesn't even say that she's called his name. Doesn't say that she got his attention. You think about it, because he's having to say, who, who? Something in her mind says, it's not the message tonight. You talk about a message. She said, if I can just touch something that's touching him, his power will flow through to me. And, folks, we better keep walking close to Jesus because there's people. We'll preach that another time. But she said, if I can just touch his clothes. And she came in the press behind. And let me see. Let's see. We'll use this brother's collar right here. But it's the, the hem of his garment. That's all she did. And the, the Bible says she immediately knew something. She felt that she was healed. And Jesus immediately felt that virtue had gone out of him. That word virtue is the word dunamis. It's also in Acts 1.8, you shall receive power. That word is dunamis. So whatever comes on you when you get the Holy Ghost in Acts 1 and 8, you shall receive dunamis. You shall receive power when the Holy Ghost has come upon you. That's the same thing that flowed out of the body of Jesus into her and healed her. Same exact word. Jesus turned around. I want you to consider this with me for a moment. Jesus turned around and said, who, who touched me? He felt it leave. And if it's true that he turned around and said, who, 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 who got that miracle? Somebody please understand this with me. That means she didn't have to fill out an application. She didn't have to do a background check. She didn't have to have her name processed through the disciples to make sure her name was good enough. She, no, 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 no. All she had to have was a do not pass me by attitude that says, I'm going to touch Jesus. If it's true he didn't know who she was, then that means she qualified a miracle for a miracle without Jesus even knowing who she was. She qualified for a miracle because of one thing. She had an attitude that says Jesus is walking by. Jesus is coming close and I'm not letting him leave the premises without me touching my Jesus I'm going to touch him hallelujah let's praise Jesus for a minute right now let's praise Jesus for a minute right now I'll tell you something else we can draw from that scripture I tell you something else we can draw from that scripture when those disciples said, Jesus, well, come on, what do you mean? There's a crowd thronging you. Let me tell you something. Jesus knows the difference from a back slap and somebody touching the hem of his garment desiring to touch from the throne room. Jesus knows the difference from, hey, Jesus, uh, glad to see you, Jesus. Uh, Oh, that was some good teaching, huh? Yeah, good stuff. Jesus said, "Uh, you don't understand, disciples. I know the difference between contact and communion. I know when somebody's heart is reaching to touch me. 
I know when somebody's spirit is reaching to touch me, that's the one that's going to qualify. That's the one that the, the automatic release valve is going to open up. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So I came in my own way to the belief that Jesus has an automatic release valve of Holy Ghost power. And the qualification is passionately hungry, thirsty for Jesus. I, I, love, I love seeing a, what I call a prepared audience come to an altar. That's somebody you've talked 10 or 12 Bible studies or two Bible studies to, and they know what they're getting into. But you know what I also like? I also like that time people come in at church, and they don't have a clue what's going on. And, and they come up to that altar, and they feel something. <laughs> Next thing, you having to teach them what they got later. Why? Because Jesus said it's, it's an automatic release valve. Touch me with faith, passion, and a tender heart. Virtue. Dunamis. Jesus going, where'd that one go? Oh, there's that man. Yes. Right? Because she touched him. Mark 10. Brother, if you can help me, I believe it's verse 46. Now we move to the blind man. Jesus makes a quick trip to Jericho. I'm assuming nothing nothing great happened because it said they came, they went. But now he's on a journey with a great number of people. His disciples are with him. And here's Bartimaeus begging on the side of the highway. And something very similar to the lady story. She heard of Jesus. When he heard it was Jesus. Another little side note. Will somebody keep talking about Jesus so that somebody that needs him can keep hearing about Jesus? Will somebody keep telling about the miracle that happened in your life, whether it was 20 years ago, so that somebody that needs a miracle can hear? Somewhere this man had heard he's healed a blind person before, and now he hears he hears this commotion. And I don't I don't mean this disrespectful, but but I, I used to love Ray Charles' singing, and there's a, another country guy I can't remember his name right now, but boy, he had some a pretty voice, and he did some good singing. I preached at church in Louisiana. A blind man sat on the front row, and when passion would come on him, it's kind of, I call it the Ray Charles effect. His eyes, he can't see, but his head just kind of gets to moving back and forth. That precious man in New Orleans would worship like that in his head. And, and I, I say, man, it just looked like Ray Charles, man, just his head just going back. And I just see, when I see that blind man, I kind of see him. When he hears, it's Jesus. I see, I see just that energy wanting to come out, but his eyes can't see. But he's, he's kind of moving his head like that. And he begins to cry out, Thou son of David, have mercy on me. Notice what happens. Let's move through the next verse, please. Many. Everybody say many. Many charged him that he should be quiet. You know what they're saying? Whatever Jesus is doing is more important than you. He probably has an agenda. He's, he's got a meeting in a little while. He's supposed to teach on a mountainside at two, and they've already told the people. But this guy said, you don't understand. 
I've heard he does miracles. And that's him walking right by. And I am not letting him walk by without me getting to him. And I am going to reach Jesus somehow. And I've got some good vocal cords. My eyes don't work good, but my lungs do and my mouth does. Jesus! Thou son of David! Have mercy on me! Next verse. Four of my favorite words in the entire Bible. Would you look at those four words with me for a minute? Wherever he was going, whatever Jesus was doing, whatever was on the agenda, something just happened. Jesus stood still. I like to say it this way. The voice of one heart, one with a need, can stop heaven in its tracks. With all the noise and the hustle and the bustle that was going on, the blind man cried out, and Jesus stood still and commanded, well, I love the language in this verse, him. Somebody say him. him. It doesn't say them. It doesn't say Jesus. Oh, about to have a group miracle here. I like everybody from that mailbox all the way back to the street corner. Y'all get ready. No, 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 no. Who, who did Jesus command to be called? Oh, the one with the vocal cords, the one they were telling to shut up, the one they were telling to be quiet, the one who said, Jesus is passing by my area right now, and something in me says, I don't know if this is going to happen again. I'm going to cry out. I'm closing in just a moment. Will somebody help Pastor preach, Brother Albright preach for just another moment? Will somebody begin reaching into the heavens right now? He found out that Jesus was passing by. He found out that Jesus was near. And he cried out. And the Bible says Jesus commanded him to be called. And the Bible says, and they called the blind man. And if I know Jesus just from the reading I've done in the Bible, I would not be surprised. If Jesus asked the ones to go get him, that was telling him to be quiet. That would just be perfect. Be of good comfort. Rise. He calls thee. He cast away his garment. He came to Jesus. And Jesus said, I love this. However many people was there, time out for a little while, crowd. What would you like for me? I mean, I, I, I'm looking up at y'all, but I don't even feel like Jesus did that to me. When Jesus is doing this, Jesus is right here. Yeah. I'll be back in five minutes. We'll go on our journey. But Jesus said, what would you like for me to do for you? Lord, that I might receive my sight. And Jesus said, go your way faith has made you whole miracle of healing took place and Jesus said alright we can keep on the journey he stopped he stopped for one stand with me would you consider with me Would you consider with me the two methods that they touched Jesus? 
she had eyesight. Maybe she was insecure to meet Jesus face to face, or maybe, I don't know how it came on her if I can but touch his clothes. She had eyesight, so she used her strength to do this. I want everybody to just just nod at me a moment if you can even hear this. Anybody hear that? He, on the other hand, Jesus! Two total different methods. Jesus, don't, don't worry about your method. I've watched people before. I don't know if their mouth ever said a word. Somebody else wired different over here. Go turn in the corner. Somebody else have to find them to come pray with them. But they're locked in. Others come fall right here. It's not your method. It's something in here that says. Jesus. He's been here all week. He's here and I'm going to touch Jesus. Your eyes closed in this room. You feel too. I would ask you to slip your hands to the heavens. You need something from God tonight. I'm not even going to try to begin defining it because it could be different for every single pew. Every single individual. Somebody cry out to Jesus right where you are. Jesus, if you left heaven with something for the church, you left heaven with something for this group of believers, Jesus, and you get by this boat, we're going to tell you for the next five or ten minutes, don't pass us by, Jesus. If you're walking by our street, we're going to touch the hem of your garment. You're walking down our street, amen. We're going. Some of them may use their vocal cords, Jesus. You're coming down our street. You're going to get in this boat, Jesus. You're going to do something in our lives. We desire you as much as you desire our, to bless us. We desire your anointing as much as you desire to give your anointing. Somebody cry out to Jesus right now. Amen. Amen. I don't just say this as a, a common statement, but I felt it a few moments ago. Somebody needs to be renewed in the Holy Ghost right now. Amen. Somebody, it may have only been three weeks or a month, but it be six months. Somebody needs a renewing in the Holy Ghost right now, and I want you to slip your hands to the heavens and just cry out to God. If you need to repent, let repentance come. Amen. If you need to pray washing prayers, let washing prayers come. 
but you're about to get renewed in the Holy Ghost right where you stand. Somebody's about to get baptized by the power of Jesus Christ. Somebody's about to have an anointing touch you in this service right now. There's about to be a roar breaking out in this house. There's about to be a breakthrough prayer happening in this house. Amen, because I tell you, Jesus left the mountain to come to the ship tonight. Jesus left headquarters to come to this sanctuary church tonight. Jesus left headquarters to bring something to your family, something to your home, something to your life. And I speak a breakthrough anointing over it. Come on, somebody cry out to God right now. Somebody join me and cry out to God right now. From the front row to the back, breakthrough prayer comes in this house. From the front row to the back, to the precious elders, breakthrough anointing. I can't define right where you're at. I can't define exactly what you need, but my God knows, and my God is there, and I speak it over. So that we can, so that we can pray together easier. I just want everybody that will to step out. Let's come to this front. Everybody that will across this front in these aisles. Amen. Amen. Just come on up here. People's going to get renewed in the Holy Ghost tonight. People's going to get breakthrough power tonight. People's going to get breakthrough anointing. You're going to tell Jesus in your own way. And I'm just asking somebody, break out of your mold a little bit. This is a night. This is a night. Amen. Amen. That lady may have just brushed his garment, but she broke out of her mold. She said, I'm not sitting on the sidelines waiting to see what happens. I'm going after it. blind man said I'm going after it and I'm telling somebody tonight it's time to go after it I'm telling somebody tonight it's time to go after it it's time to go after Jesus it's time to she broke out of her mold it may have been quiet it may have just been a brush on the garment but she said I'm getting there whatever I have to do I'm getting there whatever I have to do I'm getting there blind man said you can tell me to be quiet if you want to but I'm not going to I'm not going to I'm not going to I'm going to be heard tonight I'm going to touch Jesus I'm telling you he left heaven with an anointing for you he left headquarters with an anointing for you I'm telling you he left headquarters tonight with a blessing for you Step out. Somebody step out of your comfort zone in your prayer. Somebody step out of your comfort zone in your prayer. Reach out to the heavens. It's not a night to sit on the sidelines. It's a night to step out of that comfort zone. It may have just been a brush when she got there, but it might have took every bit of strength she had. She said, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not stopping. I'm not backing down. I'm not backing down. I'm not going easy. I'm not going easy. I'm going till I get a breakthrough. I'm going till I get a breakthrough. Have you ever went to the altar like that? I'm going till I get a breakthrough. I'm going till something happens. I'm going till something happens. Come on, it's a night for a breakthrough. It's a night for a breakthrough. Yes!
said, I may have sat on the sidelines last time, but I'm not doing it this time. Whatever I got to do, whatever I got to do, I'm getting, if I can just touch his clothes, if I can just get there. The blind man said, if I just holler a little louder, he might hear me. Somebody just break out, stretch out of that conference zone a little bit, cry out to God. I'm going to march if I have to. I'm going to shout if I have to. I'm going to cry if I have to. Somebody reach in your spirit. That's it. Reach in your spirit. Reach in your spirit. Cry out to God right now. 